0: Oh, did you lay out the books just for
1: why? So to remember them. Okay. I don't have a list. It's easier to grab the book. I own the book. I like owning books. Mm. Fuck libraries. Where's <laughs> they call them at the house? Libraries. Libraries. That's how I say it.
0: Is he good? <laughs> He's I'm... a liability. Because
2: <laughs> I did that. There's He's usually a... an F in the middle of
0: it. Is that somebody who has the ability to is that not from a tell movie? the truth?
2: That is from a guy Richie films from Smoke Smoking Bear. Is he any good? He's a lot of ability. That's how good he is, because he's such a good card player. They 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 think they may actually lose to him unless they cheat. Welcome to Bonehead. What's our episode today, James? That you picked? I actually I didn't pick it. I said we could do this, and then at the time, all both of you said, "Yeah, that'll work. We'll just do this on Friday." And then it got to Friday, and I walked down to your basement, or to our our fine studio here, and you all said, what's our topic again? Let's do this crap. Is that pretty much accurate? No, that's not true at at all. all.
0: Did we do one Friday? We did one Friday. I'm sorry, Sunday. It's Sunday. That was the best best of 2019. It's Sunday. I said Friday. Outside of that... (laughs) Excuting <laughs> the fact, excusing, excusing the fact, that I got the day well, wrong. And, no, and the truth was, was two days joke? before Christmas. What? Yes.
1: What did you do with the diet soda?
0: Three. they're in the it's fridge, three days before. It's not two days before. It's three days. Yeah. He's
1: on the cocaine. When do you celebrate Christmas? Usually December twenty fifth. Well, that's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Have
0: you, that's what they're
1: expecting. If
2: you launch into another Boxing Day, it's Jesus' real day. That's what they're expecting. Hey, hey, hey now nah, I did something else on Boxing Day.
0: Well, there is a whole history about
1: why I got Be to a possum. Box. Well, yeah, it's,
0: it's a pagan hog. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why we have. That's yeah, why that, we have the tree. Technically,
1: it would never have happened around December twenty fifth. No, no, Jesus. Kids man. don't. Kids aren't born then. No, no. 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 You it's know what? It's... But you try to tell a Christian that they'll shove a pagan tree right up your butthole. What is Actually, a pagan tree? Uh, it's a really, any Christmas, Christmas tree is yeah, pagan. I gonna say. <laughs> ain't got a damn thing to do. Chocolate <laughs> Easter bunnies and whatnot. <laughs> With those white chocolate Easter bunnies, <laughs> them's <they're> racist. <laughs> thats not is non-inclusive. He's got you there. Yeah. I, Actually, I don't what's know. Wrong not, with what's wrong with, wrong with chocolate, Chad? Yeah, Chad. Well, I'm just saying, more chocolate. than likely,
0: those Easter bunnies, <laughs> not chocolate. Just saying. What are they? Yeah, I don't know. It's some kind of chocolate substitute. Huh? If, you, if you don't buy the good ones, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, saying. you mean
1: the cheap-ass chocolate? I yes. Mean, you buy a
2: dollar, no, I won't, I won't name brands because we need chocolate. It's not a <laughs> paraffin well I yeah wax yeah oh, which is actually hershey Kisses' claim to fame was hershey could chip chocolate because he used increased wax content because real chocolate would melt but hershey's chocolate tastes
1: good it does whereas it opposed does. to the cheap but ass I'm dollar saying, store bunnies I'm,
2: I'm just giving the history do not chase good hershey, chase good chad's already yawning
0: don't they serve hershey don't they sell hershey's chocolate bars at the dollar store oh
1: do you go to an uptown dollar <laughs> store Oh, well, it must be nice Uptown Dollar Store. I don't, know. I don't, I don't know where I go over to generic stab. Fuck you. There no Hershey. Ain't no Hershey. Where in the hell did that come? Art, no. I don't know. Erk, no. That
0: needs to be. Or place. as I call it,
2: Park Hills. Is that a? <laughs> I was gonna say
0: generic stab. F U. you. Is that a road? Is that a bill? Is that a county? It's Park Chad, Hills. Chad.
2: It's all things to all people. It's park Hills.
0: I get my hair tuts there too. You put your emergency brake on there, right? Why? Because you Park Hills.
2: Oh, I see he did that. No, no you don't. You with your fine emergency (laughs) brake. He takes a log (laughs) out the truck and wedges (laughs) it under the Log out
1: the truck. (laughs) This is the most country episode we've ever had. Take the log out the truck. That that is saying a lot after 150. Fourteen, fifteen, whatever number this will be. By the way,
2: there is, there's a, there is a a trailer parked on my thing. You know, there's a the trailer moving park. trailer. No, a moving trailer. You know, actually I think this will be 115. And it's it's got a, a log wedged under it to stop it from rolling down the hill. And I look at it every time, I'm going, "They're from the house." I know they're from the house because I literally it's see my dad log. do that a thousand times. It rolls downstairs. Alone or in pairs, rolls over <coughs> your neighbor's dog. It's great for a snack. It fits on your back. It's Log. Log.
0: Log. I don't know what is that? What
2: is that? It's Ren and Stampy. How can oh, you not know the I'm, log I'm, thing? The log. She's in my head. <laughs> no, that's that's, <laughs> that's lump. Or truck uh, or, or gump.
0: Gump! Yes.
2: It's gump. It's, it's gump. gump. He might be in bread.
1: <laughs> what?
2: Gump was a she, big average of
1: lump. That's a he, lame one.
2: He told JFK that he really had to pee. He never
0: feels too dumb because his mama always <laughs> told him stupid is and stupid does. It's nowhere near Frank's two thousand inch TV or CNR. Sorry.
1: Charles I mean, Nelson Riley. CNR is is probably never forget. Yeah.
0: Alright.
2: Oh my god, Charles Nelson Riley should have done a show. We well, should Paul have done Hood. a
1: whole episode on Charles Nelson Riley. Hell we did Dom Deloise. But Dom yeah, DeLuise. Dom, he's done more. <laughs> We're gonna do Dom? Has he? He's Charles Nelson Riley. He's in Cannonball Run too. Yeah, he's and in And don't the you game. tell me? So was Dom DeLuise. I know. Because that would have been a good argument, and you failed. <laughs> <laughs> and now I have it, and I'm going to put it in my pocket, and I'm going to take it to the Park Hills Stabney Dollar <laughs> Store <laughs> and, and see if they have your frou-frou Hershey chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Toblerone? We don't even know what the hell that is, boy.
2: On will Toblerone, that's out there. That You take a left on Toblerone. <laughs> it,
1: it's right down from Fontaine. <laughs> <laughs> But if they're not in Lexington, they have no idea what we're talking no. about. Oh, all right, no. so let's get on. Who wants to go to our first book? So, yeah, well, why are we did doing we this ever, Did we again? ever talk about Because you said it was a good idea at the
0: time. What it our was topic
1: was like. I had my finger in my ear. No, literally,
0: what happened is Friday after we recorded The Best of 2019, Joe, we said, Are we recording again? Yes, what's the topic? We don't know. On the way home, you texted and said, Hey, let's do this. And Joe You got said, that
1: right, but you didn't get the day right. Because everything you're saying is accurate. What day did I get right? You said we're supposed to do this tomorrow, but we decided to do it Sunday. Uh, it, Cause even, cause, do you remember this? Because he said, we, you can't do it Monday, we're having our party. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I admittedly got that wrong. But anyway. I'm just seeing how you get the other part right. I mean, really, just... Because talking to you
0: all makes my head hurt. So let's but get through this because I'm going to have to... Doing it because of it? the
1: sexual tension? <laughs> Are you drinking yes. red wine before you get here? Red, red, red wine. wine. Do you need some cranberry juice? Say
0: you'll be my. Is that the name? No, stay close to me. me. Oh. Anyway, can we get on with the topic, please? please. Our topic
2: is our favorite actor memoirs. <laughs> there. <laughs> That's
1: a hell of a topic. Yeah.
2: It's, well, but I mean, in all honesty, we, we do pop culture. We've interviewed people. Uh, but usually some of our favorite actors won't do the show because um, we don't get
1: a lot of actors. We
2: don't. We and, and by the way, and, and I've said this before to people about if they're interested in doing the show, we we love we, actors, but we, we don't really do want them, to do actors. But we
1: don't necessarily go after a lot of actors. No, because like, we. Really we I mean,
2: you know, and so I enjoy actor memoirs. Not as actually, I'm enjoying them more now. Uh, than I ever did before, though I do have some older favorites. Is it because you learned how to read? Uh, no, it's because I'm stuck in my car driving so much. Are you dressed up? Where have you been? I, I had to uh, I, we'll film this like, because people yeah, are going to all- be interested. I uh, So, uh, out of the blue, my um wife's family. Could it be ooh. out of the periwinkle? Uh,
1: yes, out of the periwinkle. You, could you point to a color chart and say that was periwinkle? Probably.
0: It's like sky blue, only lighter.
1: I it was a purple oh you just <laughs> got oh <owned>. I guess <laughs> Bitch. I'm so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you're oh. right here you have the bigger vagina thank you you have won this no victory. I'm so i, I'm I changed so I the drapes stuff. in this motherfucker I <laughs> thought Perry Winkle was a shade of purple no my, my wife what you could uh, just say no you didn't have to say no with with indignity oh <laughs> like you wouldn't my wife <laughs> no I thought it was a shade of purple uh, see because I have testicles I was not aware that it wasn't purple. Periwinkle. It's blue. I went to school with Periwinkle. Did you?
0: No. It was Periwinkle one. Is that Bullwinkle's inbred hick, brother? Now, Periwinkle
1: was actually the smart one. Believe it or not, Bullwinkle <laughs> was the re yeah. I, I mean, couldn't get that out up by having a conversation. He ne- talked to a fucking squirrel dude for six months. And <laughs> ne- he never
2: pulled a rabbit out of the hat, never. never. You put, you put on the rabbit time. in the hat, you pull the rabbit out of the hat, somehow he You know, know what Bullwinkle doesn't?
1: You drink have. the bowl. You <laughs> put <drink> the, <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> lime <laughs> in the coconut, Chad, <laughs> and you drink the bowl up. You know what Periwinkle?
0: Damn it. You know what Bullwinkle doesn't have? An autobiography. <laughs> no, oh, this, actually, uh, this is more entertaining. <laughs> books, yes. To finish <laughs> your question,
2: uh, my my wife's family actually her stepfather's family had had something in E-Town and we
1: just got back from it, so I didn't from check. Elizabethtown. Well, I just got back from a hauler, and yeah. hey, boy are my arms tired. Uh, What'd you haul? haul Oddly two. enough, he
2: my father bought him a backhoe. Oh, I need to remind me after the show, and I'm being very serious here. I actually need to ask you a question. I was looking so, for a please, front
1: variety, but there you go. Please,
2: random. please let me, uh, please remind me, because I really need to ask you something. About uh, a backhoe? Uh, no, close. I'll, seriously, I, I need to ask you something. Uh, that <coughs> being said, so our topic is our favorite Rivening. memoirs. I'm going first. People.
1: Joe's going to go first. John Cleese. So anyway, um, I've read a couple of the bone opponents. <laughs> we can <laughs> never be. We ain't we got a memoir worth a crap. Not worth a damn. And I couldn't Today, even I lost a
0: penny. I, and I found it again. I went to Chili's. They didn't cook my burger well done. I feel like this is I true. You had a raw one once there. I don't ever. I don't order burgers well done. I don't either.
1: No, I just feel like it's true that you went to Chili's today. No, I hate Chili's. My That's wife the reason loves why Chili's. I feel like that you went to Chili's. Oh, I feel my Because you just, I know, you know, <laughs> not winning at life. She prefers. I feel like you GM had to go to
2: Chili's. I'll eat at both places, Chad. My point is, I'll yeah. eat pretty much. You've yet to find a restaurant where I'm like, no, nah, I don't like together. Yeah. Maybe I'll find it. Last those.
1: time I was there, it tasted like salt. I love salt.
2: It's just it's That's it's a like
1: common ingredient in food. It
2: all tasted <laughs> just like salt. It's my thyroid issue. I love salt.
1: I crave salt. <laughs> so, I, I, do. I crave salt over sugar. This is so funny that I called them the boneheads to me. I mean, anyway. Python. Monty Python. John Cleese. Probably not my favorite Python, but the most famous. And the most uh, the most famous the most was opinionated, the most famous before Python. The most opinionated, most I would argue, Python. as well. Yeah, that's probably. Well, yeah. Him a Terry G. Yeah. Terry Gilliam has some opinions. I, I, he's a director. I, sure. He's paid to have them. Yeah. They're all opinionated.
2: Yeah, no, but, but I mean, John Cl- and I love John Cleese's, I mean, I agree with most of his opinions. But, but,
1: but the interesting thing is he finally wrote his book. Eric Idle's wrote several of them, and one yeah. of them in particular I couldn't even finish reading. This I couldn't put down, and it takes place at so the first third of his life. He's going to ride to wherever he lives, you know, and I... <laughs> you say that as if any moment of slapper is going to be like... I think it you know? ends with Life of Brian. I'm not for sure, but I think that's where where it ends at. It is a fascinating read. It's as detailed as possible when it comes to his... His mother was depressed. His mom and dad were both older when they had him. He came... The family name was Cheese. was Cheese. It wasn't Cleese. His dad's the one that changed it because, and in fact, Cleese is not a proper name in any way, shape, or form. They're the only Cleeses. Yeah. There are no other. They were cheese. Yeah. So, I'm not going to spend a long time on this if you don't know who he is. Well, I won't say what I used to say. But check it out. They, he belonged to, it's generic, it's cliche, but they are the Beatles of comedy.
2: They are. Mm -hmm. Actually, there's a great story. In that they're British. There's a great story of Eric Idle. They are British,
1: but they are the best comedy trip of all Eric
2: time. Eric Idle and George Harrison, who was a Beatle, walking down the sidewalk. There's that story. That, and George Harrison, they ran over and said, Can we get a picture? Can we get a picture? Can we get a picture? And they handed George Harrison the camera to get a picture with Eric Idle.
1: I heard the best story about that, too. There was it was a young couple. They were about to get married. They saw Bono at a table. Bono went up to, get to, went to use the bathroom. Uh, walked over to the guy that they were eating who was eating dinner with Bono do you mind well you know he's a private person but I'll talk to him when he gets back and I'll see what they can do they're talking about the special occasion Bono comes over says yes I don't mind congratulations gets a picture signs everything and it wasn't until they were done that they realized the whole time they were talking to anybody want to take a guess he's another famous singer the boss Bro, We're sitting Bruce Springsteen, Springsteen was who they oh, nice. had no clue that that's who they were talking to
2: But, but, you know, I I think, so, real quick about John Cleese, if you, whether or not you read the book, go back and and follow him on Twitter, and go back and read his comment, because one of the things that he tweeted on Twitter, though, was he tweeted out a review uh, that came from, if you don't know, John Cleese feuds with a pretty famous newspaper, I guess tabloid. In England, uh, the Daily
1: it's, it's not. Is it the noun? It's not the Is it the sign? Maybe it's the sun. I think it's the sun. But I, I forget
2: <coughs> which one it is. But they did a review of it, and He's... and it was hilarious because he tweeted, uh, the tweet he sent out was, "Isn't that what an autobiography is?" And their review literally began with the sentence, "John Cleese has wrote a book that completely focuses on him."
1: <laughs> and he was, I remember what you're talking
2: and, about and I, I couldn't stop it, laughing it the Daily Mail or the Sun um, because he does he feuds with it and I know at one point um, the guy that owns Fox News Murdoch owned a, owned a portion of it and things like that and so he started uh, but yeah. John Cleese is is just an entertaining human being and, and I agree with some of his politics and even the ones that I don't necessarily agree with I love to follow him because he goes back and forth with people and he's a lot of fun to watch alright Chad
0: um, I'm going to talk, <clears throat> I don't have a lot, I haven't read a lot of celebrity autobiographies. Uh, so I'm going to talk about two. The first one is Artie Lane's Too Fat to Fish. It's just a riveting book about this. M-
1: you know, I never finished it. I got bored. Really? I didn't get bored. I, I got bored it. when he was I've- talking about, uh, hit a little bit with his family and he has a slight obsession with, uh, oh, the Jersey boys, Frankie, Frankie, not Frankie Lane. Uh, Avalon? Frankie
0: Avalon, Avalon. Baby. yeah. I can't remember. It's been a while. But no, um, it's just <coughs> Lange, if you don't know who Artie Lang in, he's he's a comedian, he's an actor, he's only been in a couple of things. Second best oh, thing. he in, a ton in of Dirty things. Work. Uh, uh not uh, in movies. He was in dirty work and he was in a movie elf. No, he is an elf. But he's not a leading man role. He has bits No, pieces. he's, what's he's a, only a, ever been in leading a leading man. A but he's most prominent he's he's most well known for the fact that he was on Howard Stern. For a while,
1: I'm trying to think. The only leading man role he had was—is it Beer League or whatever they're doing the Beer League? league?
0: Yeah, Yeah. Um, which I I think he even produced. What's the show about about the the the
2: comedian that sleeps on people's couch? Crashing. Crashing.
0: I, uh, he's great on Crash he's yeah. great in Crash he's the best part of Crash
2: as a matter of fact there's a, I love and it's almost out of the scene where the, I'm blanking on the comedian's name uh, well, because know. he's
1: the least interesting part well, of the but show but he has the entire thing about all the other comedians had, are hilarious everyone that gets I haven't watched the last Pete season Holmes. Pete, Holmes. Pete Holmes Pete Holmes is the least interesting part I, I of the show I like Pete show. Holmes stand up
2: yeah. but I think my favorite part Nothing about that show I don't, I don't care for his with podcast Artic,
1: with Artie Lang is I agree with James I like his stand up I went back and watched his stand up and enjoyed it but I didn't think I would because I didn't like him in the show but
2: Artie La- the episode it's one of the early episodes where Artie Lang he finally tells Artie Lang I really admire you I'm trying to be you and Artie Lang in a very autobiography he goes you really you, you want to be me yeah, with everything that I've got going against me, I can't do this. I can't, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's a great yeah." Scene.
0: And that's one of the th- that's one of the things that's interesting is Artie Lang is a legitimate, talented, ma- talented person. He's funny, he he does have talent, but then he just is, is, has such a bad self destructive streak that it's just ruined. It's not ruined his career, but it's definitely gone downhill since. Because of well, he's everything. ruined
1: several careers. He just always gets one back. Yeah,
0: he he always manages to recover, I, but then the, the it seems like the the more fame he gets, he can't handle it, and then he just crashes himself again. And right
1: now, I think he's eight or nine months sober. Yeah, say, eight, eight or nine months sober. Twitter. He's
0: he's disfigured himself. Yeah, his nose.
1: Yeah, uh,
2: I follow him on Twitter, and he's lost a lot of weight. He's done. But I mean, yeah, it's. Uh, but even on Twitter, it's so funny because he'll tweet something that's fall down funny. And then he'll tweet something about how lucky he is to be alive, and both are true. Yeah. I mean, the humor is true, but he'll tweet, and he will he tweets out a lot of things like, thank you all for still believing in me. And I think that gets to the point of what all he has realized he's thrown away. Right.
0: So, yeah, I mean, if you, if you want to read, he again, it's not a well-known person, but he has done some things of just watching how he's just self-destructed over and over again. It's worth the read. He's probably we never got a Sam Kennison
2: book, but it's probably the closest you'll get to somebody that's in that same Yeah. Just um, self destructive
0: That isn't a that isn't a rock star.
1: Yeah. I was about to say Sam Kinnison was closer to a rock star than Artie Lang. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: but I mean just uh the, the demons, I
0: guess, so to speak. Sam
1: Kinnison may have been the first comedian rock star. I don't know. It depends on how you look Him at or it.
0: Hammer Andrew Dice Clay. Well,
1: like Sam, Sam Kennison came time. first. Yeah, Kennison came first. It's it's interesting. Depends on what you give the definition of rock star. If you're throwing in if the part of your de- doesn't matter, but if the definition of selling out arenas, then it would be Kennison. Uh
0: yeah, I I I wasn't arguing. It no, was I no, I'm think, talking
1: out loud. I think Sam
0: Kennison is probably the closest we could... the first to, to a celebrity rock star. Yeah, you know, I'm
1: just talking. It's like what your definition of rock star is. Yeah. All right. Anyway, James Moby Gray. <laughs> I don't even know what to anymore. Uh, you know, I mean, how about one... Doby Gray? Give me the Beat Boys. And free my, my soul. soul. A I lot want of want to get people, lost in your so, rock and so, roll. So the, James, I want to drift away. I wish you would. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had Doby Gray instead of you. If we also know he would just
0: sink. <laughs> <laughs> so That's a lot of
2: people. Um, <laughs> so William Shatner kicked Depends off the writing uh, books about for Star Trek, and I got these in That's my That's a hand. horrible
1: picture uh, on the movie one.
2: Yeah, I wonder. I, I wonder that is a very that. pretentious, uh, terrible
1: picture. But anyway, uh,
2: I
0: think this is. Uh, no. It looks like Pretty he's young. he's um, smelling a fart and what and what are, Oh, the lo- the, Jared Padalecki, somewhere. the love of ranch. Um. Anyway, no, mm,
2: he kicks him off, and these are interesting, but especially Star Trek movie memories because I love at the end of this. If you don't know, That's this Star Trek memories. I'm sorry, it. Star Trek memories is the best one. No offense meant to movie memory, because at the end of this one is when he realizes how many people don't like him. Um, and there's a very good scene because he recorded the interviews and Nichelle Nichols. Stops him and goes. Now that we're done talking about memories, I need to take a saying to tell you why some while while we have problems with you. And he honestly says in the book, he goes, I he goes, you know, you you snip at one another, you work together long enough, but I never realized how deep it ran. And and James doing, by the end of this, when they were writing this, wouldn't talk to him. And he he ends the book by saying, Jimmy, you know, I'd love to talk to you. I apologize. I'd never realized you felt this way. And and all of that stuff. I say all that to say, the is best because
0: is that because that man is so conceited that he doesn't know how how much of an no, ass he
2: is. I followed this up with, so this book came out and I got to attend the Star Trek convention a couple years By after way, this book came out. we have come to your show. And um,
1: yeah, I mean you're the you're you don't you're the only one with a negative story. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, but I no, mean, right though out of the three. Well, other here is. let me let me.
2: So this book came out, became a bestseller, and all of a sudden a lot of people to the stars was George Takei's Beyond the Stars was, uh, was Nichelle Nichols. Walter Koenig though, I don't have it with me. I have it signed though by him. Walter Koenig wrote "Work Factors and Neurotic Guides to the Universe. And it is not just about Star Trek. He starts when he's young. He talks about rooming with Christopher Lloyd when they were both acting students. It's a <coughs> fascinating book. And then at the end he gets to who he had problems with. And it made me think the first time, actually the convention I was at that he signed Warp Factors for me, it was my first sci-fi convention and I got him to sign Warp Factors and then I went home and read it. Yes, I read a signed copy. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, um, and it was really great because he read through it and he goes, I understood where William Shatner was coming from. He said he wanted to make the show the best he could and in his frame of reference... Him being in it more made it better. He goes, you can disagree with that, but I understood where he's came from. Yeah, well, he, he was a star. He actually argued the one he had the hardest problem with was Leonard Nimoy, because he said he was on set and and uh, uh, Leonard Nimoy would bring his son Adam Nimoy, uh, and and he said we were in the third season and I talked about my son, and Leonard Nimoy looked over him and goes, "I wasn't aware you even had children," and he said it wasn't. He said William Shatner cared. He just wanted to be on screen. He said, uh, He said to me, Larry Nimoy, I realized then he had no idea. Any, he knew I showed up on set on time. He knew I didn't know my lines. He had no idea anything about me. He knew I was a capable actor, and that was it. So it's a very interesting, and, and I say that to say the convention I went to. But Chekhov
1: was not a, an integral integral part of no 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 until later Nichelle Nichols uh, James Doolin
2: Walter Koenig and George Takei were at this convention and they started bad mouthing Shatner on stage I mean at this convention I went to Mm Walter Cannon got up and left stage, wouldn't even stay on the stage with him, because he said, and and then when I read it in the book, I'm like, it made, in Warp Factory, it made sense. So Warp (coughs) Factory, I mean, I held up the Shatner ones, and if you're a Star Trek fan, of course, you should read them. If you want a great book about what it meant to be an actor, and in some ways still does, because he goes on about what does the average actor make, and and when the book was written, a new edition is just coming out where he updates it from when he wrote it when I was a teenager, till now, and he talks about the loss of his son, and all of that stuff. Um, but, I'm going to get that edition and read it, but even in the original edition, he talks about, at the time he wrote it, which was in the 90s, the 1990s, not the 1890s, um, he talks about the average actor, if you looked at the actors' guilds, uh, including stage, it was $2,000 a year. Yeah. He said, and you average that out, 20000 for some people, 2000 for others.
0: Who would think you were talking about the 1890s? I just want to say, not the anyway,
1: Okay, <laughs> Walter Koenig, though... Um, I feel like this is how long this has been going on. Oh! He talks about... There's, there's a through. great
2: story, though, and I won't give it away because I really do think, out of all these... And I'm a huge Star Trek fan. If,
0: you've won, no. if you're
2: if you only going to read one of them, seriously, no offense meant to the others, because they're all somewhat interesting. Walter Koenig is the most human. He talks about how he couldn't afford a car, so he ran a con to get a it. car.
0: Admit it, Space Rangers was better.
2: He talks about moon trap with Bruce Campbell. I'll be, <laughs> to interject,
1: it may be I tried to read Nimoy's second book, and I know we have a fan, Mary. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Show her twiddle 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 handle. Her Twitter handle I was love, love Litter, ever, <laughs> Bless her, I appreciate it. But I am Spock. The sequel to I am not Spock. I I damn, that was a difficult, boring ass book.
0: It was the uh three men and a little lady A boy autobiography. He
1: didn't direct three men and a little lady. I know. But But and no, I you know but I think so much about it, and I think a lot of it I mean is, it was about his sandwiches, he would eat honey and onion. I mean I can remember it it's not an interesting read.
2: Well and I think that and I think that's why Walter King's most appeals to me is like Star Trek is is some of that book, because it's a big part. But it's also just like, here's how I did it. Here's how crazy my family was. Yeah. Here's the day my mother told me she tried to abort me by throwing herself down the stairs when she was pregnant. And then after the third time it didn't work, she thought it might be God's will that i be born. Jesus. And and so he... he then Maybe.
1: I, Could also have be been Buddha. <laughs> well, yeah. No, no reason to be... Ex-
2: Bish dudes over there Bish Bish going, can exclusive. I get some credit? Yeah. Anyway, no. Uh, that, so it's it's a really interesting Bring read. Bring your favorite uh, D B because, because I'm just gonna say it, no,
0: uh, y'all are all gonna be damned because nobody said Odin.
2: Oh, <laughs> Odin. and the, um, the awful. Uh, oh, I knew a guy yeah. named
1: Odell. Awful, awful day, good for you. Awful day. You uh, anyway,
2: awful? the uh, the, the last thing An I will awful. say, awful. Oh, what I love about the book, and I use that the phrasing now myself, is he writes the entire book based on the other shoe theory. If something good happens to him, it is his honest belief something bad has to happen to balance it out.
0: What happens and, if you're wearing
1: two right feet shoes? Why that's would you have still, two right that's ones?
2: Still, there's still two shoes,
1: champagne A tail of two shoes. That's um, what Dickens thought about. And since he was visited by three <laughs> ghosts <laughs> with three different um, titles.
2: So my, my personal opinion, and like I like that, they Chekhov was not my favorite character, but Walter Keenan is one of the most compelling human Memoirs about being an actor in that time period, and
0: then he asked for more porridge. Wait a tick. Did he write Oliver Twist? He did write Oliver. Think Not I'm Walter like- Kading. Charles Ooh. Dickens.
1: Let me. No, Chekhov. Ward. Ward P. No, that wasn't Chekhov. Chek-
2: you could have went with some of Anton Chekhov's writings, but I bet mean, you don't know any of his plays.
1: I don't listen to the Spanish. I don't have anything. Funny. You could have went with Communists. At least it would have been a little
2: more accurate. But then <laughs> I guess you wouldn't know anything about Marjorie Blight. All right, who's
1: next? Me. Go for it. I've talked about this on here before. It truly is. It is not the best written book I've ever read. And technically, he's a stuntman who became a director and a NASCAR owner. Hal Needham. Hal Needham, stuntman. Fascinating book. Great stories from Bert to being on fire to cars I'm not doing a very good job of of selling. Does this. he talk about H.B. Halicki any in it? The guy no, that did in I he talks a lot about his divorces, which were several. He talks a lot about. I don't know why you know, a got, man that sets himself yeah. on fire wouldn't be able to keep a marriage together. Well, he lived. It's it's funny. Even in the documentary I saw, uh, Burt Reynolds talked about. He, how how Needham, lived in his guest house for a few years. And it cuts to Nina going. Bert couldn't remember anything for ten minutes, or whatever, something like that. I lived in his guest house for ten damn years <laughs> <laughs> after his first divorce. <laughs> ten years. He would. Ha- who was the, who? Is it Donna Shore? Donna, Donna Shore? Donna Shore. Donna Shore. He was friends with Donna Shore because her and Bert di- dated during the seventies. He he got to live it all. And what's so fascinating about him, what I admire about him, is not only did he become. A famous stuntman, a world round dire- world now renowned director. Whether Seag- you like it or biggest not, biggest yeah. movie
2: of seventy seven well, after that
1: Star after War. Star Wars, it Smokey and the Bandit. Whether you love him his movies or not, he made a lot of them. Made a lot of money. Right. He made a lot of money on top of that as an entrepreneur because he was the one that gave us the uh, <clears throat> who developed and designed the uh, camera car. And he got into NASCAR in the 80s. You think Google pays him every time they do one of them Google map photos? (laughs) I don't know. But, well, that for the movies, yes, yes, yes. I find it fascinating because he was the son of a sharecropper who barely got out of grade school. He wasn't the son of a preacher man? No. Because
0: the only man man that could ever please me is the son of... Reach me.
1: Reach me.
2: Well, mine pleases me. If yours doesn't please you, I don't see why that's any of my business.
1: Why do you have a man pleasing you? Why listen, am I so judgmental is what you should listen, say Listen,
2: maybe it's because of some preacher band. Maybe it's bringing the Holy Spirit to me. Why do you have to go that way with it? <sighs> Perv.
1: How need em. I admire anybody who is self-made. And, and really self-made. Really self-made. I mean... He had nothing. He went into the military and started testing parachutes. He had a lack of fear, and he turned that into a fortune. He turned that into a successful career... But not he without turned in cost. into huge I huge... Mean... Well, he had several... He had, I think he's had almost every bone in his body broken.
0: <laughs> break everybody... <laughs> Take <That> everybody! <must. laughs>
1: <Your laughs> you I'm need bro- me do bro- it! <laughs> break a bone in your CD! <laughs> 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 three and a half inches of uncircumcised hell. Anyway! <laughs> God. 300 pounds depression. Holy Spirit, it. Chad! <laughs> <laughs> you geez. haven't had loving, James till so you've had three cracked ribs. How did I get concussed? <laughs> <King> <laughs> you like <laughs> the original
2: I did, erotic I association. Say, I didn't ask to be automatically asphyxiated, <laughs> but it
1: was going to happen. But, Jay, but Joe was on top of me, and it was going to happen anyway. <laughs> oh. So check out how Nina's book. Chad, James, go ahead. Uh, you know,
2: I I'm I'm on this one right now. I've how got, is Ron I'm Perlman's? Talking.
1: I'd like to listen to it.
2: The the review on the back of it actually it's at the top. Actually, I'm sorry. Um, it sums it up really well. It's like breaking into your uncle's stash of his best booze and cigar. Uh, and this is Ryan Gosling says this. Ron stands up like the Statue of Liberty, inspiring, towering, reassuring, beautiful, intimidating, and should charge more for tours. And that's honestly... Does that even
1: make any sense?
2: Yeah, because he walks you through, and he it's not always linear, and at one point he goes, I'm going to let my old acting teacher take a verse. And it's, he literally just reads the book on tape. He reads, it's not done by anybody else. He does it all. But he talks about in the book, his old acting teachers and how different they were. The one in high school, he was on the swim team and he he loved baseball and he grew (coughs) up, poor Jewish kid on, in Washington Heights, I believe is where it is, in New York. Um, It's down from Park Hills. And, yeah, chill, right right there. It's on um, <laughs> um, But it's fascinating because he talks about the makeup of the thing, and, and I didn't know this. He graduated high school weighing 310 pounds with salt in his urine, and the only way a college would take him because he was such a big health risk is they said, listen, you got to get the salt out of your urine, and you got to lose 40 pounds or you're not going to college because he could go to co- the community college. Was he an overeater?
1: What was the problem?
2: It's, and it actually made me think about my mother. He, his mother. So the um, car. My mother's a car, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> which is actually the car from the movie. <laughs> the car. No, car. My mother happens to be a demon that can't cross into cemeteries. <clears throat> uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> did I go
0: too far? Or did I elude uh, Anyway, uh, <laughs> <you're> right, <laughs> did she turn back with throwing cold water at her? <laughs> <laughs> oh, turbo team. <laughs> Oh, he anyway. lost me you uh, had me up into the car and uh, lost me at turbo
2: team anyway um, so he talks a lot about that and that's one of the more interesting stories was he says I've never uh, and he talks a lot about actually how he need counseling and I think that's what really humanizes the book because he says you know I've played villains I've done all this stuff I've you know he talks a lot about all of his roles but he talks a lot he says you know I still eat constantly he goes my favorite food is pizza and he goes, it's because I grew up within an Italian eatery joint, Chinese food and Italian food, and, a, and an authentic deli, yeah. all within walking distance of my uh-huh. apartment, my parents' apartment. And he talks about his parents' apartment. He calls it a railroad apartment. And I, I've never heard that term, but it's fascinating because he actually talks about, you know why it's called a railroad apartment? It's because it's set up to be a railway. Doesn't
1: somebody run a train on his mom.
2: It was be set up to be, be a railway cart.
1: Uh, because,
2: and he said, because who doesn't want to live their entire life on a railway cart? You had one room, one room, one room, and that was the apartment. And uh-huh. and there was one hallway on the outside that connected all these different rooms. Jeez. Um, and but he he lost his dad at nineteen, and he talks about that. And he talks about how he he was he had actually got a job as a PA, or as he says, I got coffee for the real people. Um, but oh, I'm blanking on the actor's name, R- Richard Lynch. Uh, yeah, Richard Lynch. Uh, he and <laughs> that's and an actor. He said when he um worked with Jeff Burr. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And he talks about he was he was a PA basically, and his job was to keep him sober. That's what his job as a PA was to keep. Him. And when his dad we died, we one of those here. He said Richard Lynch was completely nice to him and all that stuff. I, anyway, there's so many different stories in it, and he tells them in a nonlinear you way. Need somebody
1: to help you keep you sober, Chad.
2: But. Um, <laughs> Or somebody to help get you drunk. You're not yeah. really jazzing I this just up. I have to think
1: about. It. I want to. <laughs> I agree with Shane. Um, I like you better drinking.
2: But it's so the book came out in I think 2014.
1: So it's five Here's years old. Here's a lot of now. cocaine, Chad. <laughs> get funny, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> he can't do the jokes if he doesn't have the meth. Hey, uh, um, you know what a
0: snowman likes to eat for breakfast? <laughs> no burritos. Oh. Oh, I thought it was going to be a good joke. Nope. It was a
2: hambush, you see. <laughs> anyway, um, it's a throwback.
0: Yeah, I know. That was the burrito
2: joke. Anyway, the, uh, but Ron Perlman, it is interesting because he talks about his actors being discovered. He, he he always viewed athletics as a way out. And even though he was a big kid, he made the swim team and stuff. And he got into acting because they need, I'm not making this up. They needed somebody for the play, not enough people they audition. Some, they need a bowie? buoy? buoy? And his his swim coat... was
1: 310 pounds. And he
2: says in the book, he goes, I, I don't even remember the man's name. For an name.
1: ex-fat guy, you're awful hurtful. He,
2: he, he, doesn't, he says, I don't remember the man's name, but basically what it was, was the new theater person that the high school hired was trying to put on a play, and no males auditioned. And he basically went into the teacher's lounge, effectively, and said, do you have any kids that might not suck? And Ron Perlman, because he was a big fat kid, does what big fat kids do, we make jokes before other people make right. them. And he said, well, Perlman talks all the time, and they showed up to the swim practice, and the, and he literally, the the drama, new drama teacher walked in, openly gay man in the 1960s, and the swim coach said, Perlman, out of the pool, you're going to go audition for this man's play. And Perlman says, what if I don't want to? He goes, well, you're going to go anyway, and if you don't like it, you come back after you're done. <laughs> and he said, I went in. He goes, I didn't want to be in the play. I didn't want to do anything. Uh, but he talks about his dad was a drummer for like um, big bands. So yeah, you know, and and he got out of it when he had kids because it wasn't stable enough to support them. So he said perform, and his brother was a musician, uh, his older brother. And he said, so performance was in he was there. And I, he said, I just heard my dad's voice in my head saying, listen doesn't matter how good you are or if you want to do it, you do the best show you can. Right. And he said, so I read it and they cast me and he goes, I went to the next day. They said, cast list will be up. I, I got the lead in the school play. I never went back to the swim team and it made all the difference. And so it's it, it's a really human, but the the review that it's like finding good liquor and cigars <laughs> Is true because it's. I mean, I can't listen to it with my kids in the car because he he uses some fun oh, terminology. Yeah, yeah. But he even talks about the cigars in Hellboy. I mean, <coughs> the cigars in the Hellboy comic. In the book, he talks about how they altered it because his first, his second, his college acting drama teacher um, was obsessed with cigars. Mm-hmm. And in in the po- chapter written by he goes, oh man. He said, every time I saw Hellboy with a cigar, that was Ron's salute to me because he held him the way I held him. And he goes, it was always something that Ron always talked about. He goes, you do this with it. So he goes, that's that's his homage to me is all through Hellboy. And I was like,
0: that's
1: interesting. That is
0: cool. So yeah, that was cool. And he, the way he holds a cigar in Hellboy is so cool too. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's it. And so he,
2: it, so if you, again, Ron Perlman's a, I always thought of him as a very interesting actor and he talks about I don't with, think he,
0: I don't think David Harbour smoked a cigar in the news
2: television movie. He talks about having a mug like mine and stuff like that. But more is, wasn't that released PG-13? I don't know. If it was, they can't There's have no way anymore. it was PG-13. Um anyway, no, I think it was Ron right. Perlman. I loved him as an actor, but this book is called Easy Street the Hard Way is actually the name of his autobiography. It is just infinitely compelling. Like I'm listening to it in my car and I find myself rewinding it because of the way he phrases certain things. And it is. It's like, I've never smoked a cigar, but I have had uh, a couple rare drinks where I'm like, this is really good. Yeah. And it is. You can savor it and go back and listen to it again. I (coughs) rewound it again on the way over here. All
1: right. Chad? Go ahead. Don't you have a second one? I do, but go ahead. You can do your third one. Oh. Well, hold on. We're doing three. Uh, Well, you'll do some honorable mentions. Yeah, well, there's two. Uh, There's, so... I'll talk about Ron Jeremy's The Hardest Man in Show Business. What? No, right, go ahead. It's a fascinating book. Okay. How does a man get into porn? Well, you got to have a big schmickle. <laughs> schmickle. <laughs> schmickle. Schmickle. He's Jewish. Mm-hmm. In fact, he says when he was a baby, he had a big one, and that they were standing over the crib commenting on it about the whole family. They've been told to him these stories later on. It's been a few years since I read it, but it is a fascinating book. Are you interested in the hedgehog? Are you interested in working what? in the sex industry? Well, I thought say what's I mean I, I know perform- he considers himself an actor a performer and that was just the way to get in
2: well that's what I'm say and I would imagine that's true because he's done other things matter of fact actually he went to college to be a teacher yeah. whatever you what however you feel about the movie I mean Boondock Saints he plays one of the best slimy characters yeah
1: yeah he has a few legitimate roles in a few films over the years that people have cast him I don't know that he's a great actor but he he talks about his passion's always been acting and performing and that's how he could get in it so, all those movies, it was him trying to give the best performance possible. It was just his access to acting, to be able to act. And that's what he could do and make a living at. Plus, he got to have sex with lots and lots of women. Which he says was enjoyable. I've got a question. And
2: I honestly don't know this. I'm not being asinine. and It's I, been a
1: while since I read so I, I can
2: and... imagine he he's a very interesting person. And, and there's documentaries about how... Yeah. Porn is inherently largely female dominated. Can mm-hmm. be. Well, they're um, the
1: ones who make the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is Ron Jeremy married? No, I don't. Th- I don't know that he ever was married. I don't. i, think I so. actually was curious. He about was. That. He gets in long term relationships with women, but he's never. I don't think he's ever been monogamous.
2: Well, uh, uh, well he couldn't be with his line
1: of work. I mean, it's kind of. Well, like I saying, don't even. I don't think even outside of his line of work, James. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, and he's been paid to have sex with people in clubs, too, and stuff. That's got to be a terrible job, right? <laughs> no,
2: I would imagine. I, I, all joking it aside. It kind of can be rough, I mean, All joking aside, I don't know. I mean, I make this joke. I'm like... I've said it with my wife as I put it. I got bruxism. I clench my teeth and grind them at night, so I got to put in my mouth guard. I got to do all that stuff, and I always look over at, at my wife and say, "You are such a lucky woman." <laughs> yeah, I've got
1: the, I've got the bit too. I have to put in at night. I, I do I all that. So why do we start getting old and grinding our teeth? When did that happen? It's
2: stress. It's stress. I'll oh. tell you what happened to me. See, I decided to
1: have children. Yeah, and, I think uh, it started about a year before I had kids. And
2: then you, you get ready to have children, and then you realize, oh, God, everything in the world sucks, and I've brought kids into this, <laughs> and then 3 a.m. in the morning, one night, you're like, why is my mouth hurting? Oh, yeah, it's because I'm grinding everything yeah. in it. Yeah. Um, all right, it's up to you. All
1: right. Um, bring it home. I'll I'll go go bring it home. Wait, real quick, though, I'll do going my. back to Ron Jeremy. I know I'm not talking a lot about this. Does,
2: does it cover from, like, so it talks about his birth it, and about how till, he was. Up
1: until the mid to late 2000s.
2: Okay, so, it, I mean, he covers, it covers up until life. publication,
1: more or less. Yeah, yeah, it covers his life. Because
2: I find that interesting because
1: Ron Jeremy is not exactly a spring chicken. No, one of the things he talks about in there that I don't think he does a very good, well, he talks a little bit about it, that it comes off a little bit more, but the one of the true things about him is he's kind of a sponge person. He's probably never really made a, a fetish <laughs> fortune at this. He's made a living. He's been yeah. on several payrolls. I think Vivid had him on payroll just for years, just so they could say Ron Jeremy over $2,000 yeah. a month, right? Yeah. But he happens to sometimes be a hanger-on, in my opinion. yeah, He doesn't say that. I don't remember him saying that. No, well, that. one of the funnest
0: stories I have is, um, at the company I used to work with that no longer exists, um, we sold we sold video to to clientele and um who a lot of our a lot of our business was selling if a celebrity or a politician was on uh T V, they would want to find all the coverage of them on that about that topic and we would sell it back to them. Our Los Angeles office actually had a picture of Ron Jeremy at the front desk that says, Do not sell to this man. <laughs> He wouldn't or, pay. Yeah, because he, they, they, he would come and pick up and be billed for it and he just would never pay for it. So if he if he ordered something, he would have to pay right there on the spot in order to get that product. They would not sell, they would not bill him.
1: I think, is it Dennis Haskins, the guy that owned the Bunny Ranch? Am I saying that right? Uh, I you guys know. know what I'm talking about. He I died just a year or two ago. Yeah, there was, was an HBO documentary. He's a fascinating guy, too. When he died that night, the people he had been partying with where Ron Jeremy, they were very good friends, and Hottie Flies. Of course. But you can't make that story No, up. you
0: can't make that story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and
1: well, I think that's one <laughs> of They all have something to come Birds I mean, of a feather. A, well, that's, that, I, and that's... And it's not a sex the... thing. They were just all out partying, and I, they're all friends, yeah. and they're all big Republicans.
2: <laughs> well, I think that's really interesting, though, because I think if you step back and think about it for a minute, some of my favorite... And there's an entire website dedicated to celebrities hanging out that you wouldn't picturing it. We Mentioned Larry Nimoy mm-hmm. earlier. Larry Nimoy and Jimi Hendrix is one of my favorite photos because I'm like, I just want to know what they talked about, man. Like a Hobbit song, I can't. You, you think Jimmy was like, Man, can I cover that? Probably because
0: <laughs> I want to cover that, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right, <Jeff>. <clears throat> all right.
0: I'm just going to talk about uh, real quickly, uh, Drew Carey's Dirty Jokes and Beer. Uh, yeah, oh, I've
1: got that over there on the shelf, too. it's a great book.
0: Um not only does it tell his his backstory about how he how he started out, how he became a comedian. He has some truly dark things that happened to him as a child. But
1: just in between and He dealt with depression too. Yeah, he right? dealt with depression. He's suicidal. Right. And at one point he was I mean, he was By the time The Drew
2: Carey stuff. show came out though, he was
1: ready to take his life. Well,
2: he was like me. He was yeah, a yeah. big man. But wasn't he in the military at one point? Yeah, he was and in the was One of the most fit, he's a marine. He's yeah, he marine was very.
1: Reserves.
0: Yeah, he at one point he was a very fit man, and then he just let himself go because of depression and all the other stuff that was going, his, the, his mental issues that he had. Um, but no, in between this story, he will just break out into comedy bits. Like there is a seven-page piece on dick jokes. It's just it's just a list of dick jokes. And then he goes back to telling his story. And it, that's, that's throughout the whole book. And it's fascinating. And you're, you're, you're reading this pr- truly gut-wrenching stuff, but then laughing as you read, <laughs> My dick is so big, uh, it gets to the room 30 minutes before I do. You know, things like that. Or, My dick is so big, it wears a tie. That's funny. I don't know why I led with the, that one, but yeah, the Thai one's funnier. You know what was funny? Is, uh, jumping back to Ron
2: Perlman, he does an entire thing, and it's funny because you think Ron Perlman telling jokes, but he does an entire bit. He goes, my first apartment I could afford by myself in New York, in the village. He goes, it was it was so small. He goes, you ready for some small jokes? And he starts to go, he goes, every time I open the door, I rearrange the furniture. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "It's funny because it's Ron Perlman being Ron Perlman, telling more or less stand-up jokes."
0: I'm like, "God, this is great!" Anyway, yeah, sorry. No, but another another interesting is it. It's when he wrote this book. It was just when the Drew Carey Show was becoming <laughs> popular, when it was at the height of its success. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting to see that Doesn't build it up. Cancelled after its first season. Yes. Because I, I loved it when it first came out, and then
2: I the, I know they thought about canceling it. Yeah, it's so the, and
0: he's the only celebrity where I actually have an autographed picture of him, and I didn't have to pay for it, so it's another cool thing aspect of it. But, um, no, uh, so to yeah. A restraining order? <laughs> no, <laughs> high, school, uh, high school Spanish project was write a fan letter to a celebrity that you admire in Spanish. So I wrote it to Drew Carey because everybody called me Drew Carey in high school. So... But
1: I like Drew Carey. I was just thinking, <laughs> Carey's charming
0: as hell. Yeah, you ain't hosting the prices, anything. The price is the wrong. Price
1: is wrong. No,
0: but I was big. I had a hair. I had a bowl cut, and uh, the only glasses we could afford were these big black ones. So just like Drew Carey. But anyway, so James, what's your third? I, I'm going to go with my third one. It's a, I, I enjoyed the book,
2: and I get made fun of because I still haven't. I want to do it. I feel like now it's been built up so much. I need to, you know, it needs to be something special. Like I need to have a nice bottle of wine. I haven't watched Breaking Bad, but (laughs) Brian Cranston's book, A Life in Parts, is one of the most compelling. He opens it talking about a Breaking Bad scene and about how he started to realize that he started treating the character as if it was his daughter and how he actually broke down after they were filming. Yeah. and that's compelling. But then he goes back and talks about how he more or less created the character of the father on Malcolm in the Middle. How? Is that why you read the book? Because you
0: liked Malcolm in the Middle? Uh,
2: True story about why I picked up the book. Honest story. Uh, Ollie's had it for $3. Uh I knew I was going to be driving a lot, and it was that, or they had romance or war novels, and I'm like, well, Brian Cranston at least has an interesting voice, and it was read by him. Okay, and he does a great job. And he does a great job with it. Plus, if you read the back of it, it's about how he's, he that mentions about how, you know, before he became an actor, he was accused of murder. He was accused of well, And he's not
1: an overnight success. He worked a long time. He was well, the voice of I, a Power
0: Rangers villain.
2: I was fascinated because I didn't realize who his father was. And if you're a Mystery Science Theater 3000 fan, you Press know. It'll come back again. You know. It, will. Uh, it better because screw Netflix. Um, yeah. Oh, you yeah, got one season for free because the fans paid it already. Anyway, um, but uh, the Burt I. Gordon film, uh, uh, what? it's not the end of the world. The Giant Grasshopper
0: movie. Oh, the I the leafus. Is... The
2: lookout guard in that movie, the beginning of the end. Oh. That screams, "Oh my God!" There's giant grasshoppers attacking Chicago. That's his father, and he mentions he says he goes, "It's his." He said that's my favorite fo- role by my father because it's just the hell that. But that's the oh, he worked on a bunch of Bert I. Gordon and BZ grade movies.
1: He was a working actor and, who was and in and out of work a
2: lot. And his so that was his father and his father and near the end. I mean, his father only died shortly before the book came out, and his brother was uh, a a working actor as well. And he and Brian Cranston because he found success says Dad, listen, I'll help produce a movie. We can finally do the movie that you want to do. And his dad, who I think at that point was in his 80s, uh, said, no, 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 I'm still waiting for the next big thing. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I'll be honest, you want to do something, your son has some success and is coming to the table wanting to do it. Yeah, they after.
1: were estranged for a long time. They did. His, dad, his dad walked out of the picture.
2: And his mom was an alcoholic, became an alcoholic. Yeah. And he talks about how she he would have to find alcohol head down over her apartment and she was drinking herself to death. So it's, again, it's uh, the, all of these, and I think that's another reason I identify with Brian Cranston's, I mean I, I haven't seen Breaking Bad because I do want to see it, but I want to see it in the right. I don't want to see it because of everything. As a matter of fact I'm loving, I love him in Sneaky Pete because I felt I could ease into Sneaky Pete easier. Um, that being said, I think he's a great actor, but I love him more, and it's the same way as Probably what I'm attracted to is Ron Perlman, Walter Koenig, Brian Cranston. They are all working.
1: They're all working. They're actors. all.
2: They all ended up doing things that they're well they're known very for. Famous
1: character actors, and, and mm-hmm. they Who keep getting ended up lead some elite roles. They
2: keep getting pulled into stuff, but they are instantly compelling to me because it's not even Brian Cranston, who's father in. He talks about dad would occasionally take us to movie sets and stuff like that. But it wasn't dad's in Gone with the Wind. It wasn't. It was, okay, Brian, uh, uh, Cranston, you know, I forget his father's first name. Cranston, hit your mark. After you're done, they need you to help tear down that set over there so we can film later today. You know, he his dad wasn't anybody either. And I think that's what makes it really compelling is that all the ones I've picked sound self-centered, but I can see a little bit of, oh my God, they came from something akin to that, what I understand. I understand not having a connection not having a way in, feeling like you're on the outside and then literally bumbling your way to glory, not bumbling. They worked hard. Yeah. But that feeling of, you know, what am I going to do next? What is next? And going back to Ron Perlman, he even talks about his friends wouldn't let him sleep on their couches anymore. They were so sick of him. And, you know, he couldn't find a place to go and he had to flee New York. He did a graduate program uh, this is a great story, Al. I know I'm jumping from what I was talking about, Brian Crane. Real quick. Pearlman tells a great story about how he went to Minnesota to get an MFA. There's two th- funny parts about that. He went to Minnesota to get an MFA because he couldn't afford the parking tickets he got in New York, where he lived there, but he couldn't park when he parked on campus, he didn't have a parking pass. He'd double park. And in New York at the time, it was $35 when they first got you. If you didn't pay it within <coughs> a month, it was 65 and after that, it went to $105. mm hmm By the time he graduated, they actually had a warrant out for him, and it was $8,500 in parking tickets he owned. And as he said, he goes, I was a broke college student on scholarship. It might as well have been $12 million. So when I had an opportunity for a partial scholarship to go to Minnesota and get an MFA, I took it because I couldn't afford the parking tickets. Wow. And he said, and I, all I could think about is, there's no way a New York cop is following me to Minnesota to arrest me. The funny part is then he goes, I got my MFA. And he goes, whatever the hell that is. And if you're wondering where it is, I punched a hole in my bathroom wall once, and I now use my MFA in the ba- in the can to cover up the hole. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't stop laughing. All of them are human, low-budget, working-class
1: stories. Yeah, push I missed it. Alright, so, any honorable mentions?
2: Uh, You know, I mentioned some of the Star Trek ones. If you're really a Star Trek fan, those are good. Um, Some of the ones that we should mention, if you like old school, I've got to mention Errol Flynn's My Wicked Wicked Ways. Uh, Errol Flynn was a horrible human being, by all accounts. I mean, he, well, and again, kind of like Artie Lang. It wasn't that he was horrible, he was charming as the day was long. But he died in the 50s, early 50s, I think, 52, mm-hmm. for a reason. He was an alcoholic, and he was accused of sexual assault three times uh, once he admitted they paid off. But the book, My Wicked, Wicked Ways, is historically engaging and hilarious. And he talks about near the end of his life, because he wrote it, I think it actually came out right before or right after he passed away. Um and he refers to one point how he couldn't get funding anymore because he was such a bad alcoholic, but some people from Japan, uh, and he introduced them, these sons of the Asian sun offered me money. I'll later be referring to them as sons of something else. <laughs> I mean, and, and, it, and again, it's fascinating because Errol Flynn was Robin Hood, was, I mean, Captain Blood. He was, he was swashbuckling and charming and all of that stuff. And how he more or less, by his own admission, due to his wicked, wicked ways, drank it away, drugged it away, courted it away, so to speak, lots of legal problems. And,
0: so, and, and essentially, he was the inspiration to save the Goonies.
1: Chad, honorable mention. Go ahead. Kevin Pollux is how I slept my way to the top, uh, to the middle, is a funny book. He basically tells stories of had happened on movie sets. One of the best ones is uh, him shitting on Michael Clark Duncan, who's dead. Michael Clark Duncan died before the book came out. <laughs> and the editor came to him and goes, Do you want to change this? He goes, Nah, he doesn't get a pass for dying. <laughs> What's the story? It's over per diem and a whole nine yards. Yeah. And do you Have you read the book? No, have you he's, heard the story? He's
0: on the podcast, he's told the story.
1: Okay. So basically, he was being an asshole, Michael Clark Duncan, about getting his per diem at mm. the right time, right? Mm hmm. That's the gist of it. Yeah, that's the gist of it. Because you got per diem, I think they pay it cash, right? It's part of the saying yeah, yeah. that they pay you per diem cash. Unless and actors there love is a, per diem Unless there cash.
2: is an insurance reason why they can't. Right. Richard Pryor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. So they pay cash per diem. And that's one of the... Because uh, I actually have heard Samuel L. Jackson talk about this. Someone was asking him in an interview one time. I was like, oh, so you'd rather shoot in L.A. And he goes, what do you mean? He goes, well, actors hate to travel. What do you mean actors hate to travel? Actors love per diem. <laughs> I'd like to get per diem myself. Yeah. A few times I've had it before. It's been nice and I didn't get it cash. Check it out. A lot of fun. I think Kevin Pollock's a very talented actor, very talented comedian. And, a, a, uh, and another a, working class. I mean, working. Gr- working actor. Great storyteller. All right. Anything else, guys?
2: No. No, I mean, I, like I said, I, I, I know this wasn't <clears throat> our normal type episode. We're not talking about movies or anything, but I think, we don't interview a lot of actors, and this gives us a chance to say, I mean.
1: That we've read some books. I, How I, the hell did that happen?
2: I don't know. I, I think any of the ones that we talk about, if you read, they may not be your cup of tea, but if you read them and you don't have an emotional response to one or two parts of them, there's probably something
1: wrong with Yeah, you. yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. It's been Bonehead. Tune in next week, please, when we'll be talking about spam. Spam spam spam
0: spam spam, spam spam
2: spam spam spam
1: spam. I don't like spam.
2: Go to hell.